Rock. I am Sean Key and Torres here. And of course, I'm joined along with. And it's your boy, Shrock the Mike. Welcome back. Beautiful Monday. Yes, yeah. it's a nice Monday. Two shows in a week, but actually, these two shows are going to kind of be combined to be one show. So it's, yes. it's a pretty exciting week. That is very true. All this is, is going to culminate at the end of the week on Friday when the chefs go head to head. Yeah. Head to head, but head to head. Is it a shows. boxing match? <laughs> pretty close. Pretty close. <laughs> so for our listeners who can kind of tell, we're in a different location. And if you want to go ahead and tell them where we are. Yes, welcome. Chef David Reyes from Haiku over here in downtown Tampa, executive chef, uh, joins us today. He is our second of two interviews. Um, he will be competing this Friday in the Chef Showdown at for the uh, Tampa Bay Food and Wine Fest, which is its inaugural event. First time here in Tampa, right? First time. Yeah. First time. I was confused. I thought the Chef Showdown was the first time here, but the festival was ongoing yeah yeah it's the first time it's uh it's there is a wine and food or no food and wine festival that exists okay that's thrown by a different company i think it's bush gardens isn't it it's either bush gardens well there's one in bush gardens yes and okay. then there's uh one that burns does oh and oh burns does one yeah, yeah we can get that in like a wine festival or whatever tagline they have i don't i feel like a burns one is like you would have to be like like you would have to get like an exclusive invite, you know what I mean? Like like a butler would a butler would drop off your invitation, Mister uh, Lord Highly. Here's your invitation. From to what the... I understand, it's a fifteen hundred dollar ticket. Oh Ooh. my God! And that's not including the food. Well, no, I, I think that's all inclusive. But yes, I mean it. It is on a, a different level. However, it's very small. Yeah, it's and, funny. And, and then there's one at Bush Gardens. Uh, so this one uh -huh. is the Tampa Bay Wine and Food Festival uh -huh. inaugural year, and you know, the it culminates on Saturday where we have something like 30, 40 restaurants okay. coming together and doing a grand tasting. There's going to be wine. Uh, Breakthrough Beverage is a title sponsor. Goy is a title of course sponsor. They are. I was going to say Breakthrough. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's it's two twofold. Obviously, you know, Tampa gets a proper large scale right. wine and food festival. And it kind of uh, brings the culinary community together. You know, I've seen this happen in Chicago, you know, 20 some odd years ago when we fought, when they started their first uh, food and wine festival. Uh -huh. And it, it was like this opportunity to, you know, see people that you don't really get to see because you're so busy. Yep. And, you know, the, the chef's community came together and, you know, we started uh, a lot of networking that way. And, and you know, uh, it's first year I was in culinary school. And for me, it was like. And I hope I get to come on and yeah, I know, right? Help like, the chef I want, or, or just get invited. Hey, chef, are we going to the event? <laughs> you're you're right. looking forward to it. It's yeah. like, hey, it is us. <laughs> That's amazing. So, like, um, you brought up Chicago. Um, obviously, we we talked a little bit before we actually uh, uh, met up here today. But you know, for our listeners, for Sean and, uh, and and everyone else, like, just give us a little bit about you know your history, your background, where you're from, how long you've been doing it, and uh, how'd you end up here? Yeah, I uh, I grew up in the restaurant business. My grandfather had a few restaurants growing up, and you know, as a kid, uh, I remember being in them and around them. And, you know, my favorite thing to do was go with my grandfather to the open air markets okay. that it used to exist in Chicago. And we'd get everything from vegetables to whole hogs to, you know, you name it. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, in high school, I thought, you know, I was going to be a doctor. I wanted to be a doctor. And so it's OK. You know, That's, kinda, everybody <laughs> has that. I, I lined up my trajectory to kind of go to med school and, <laughs> and ended up joining the military and became a medic and, you know, soon found 
that I fell out of love with medicine <laughs> uh, and went to culinary school and never looked back. I mean, uh, I graduated culinary school in 2007, Chicago, Kendall College. And um, yeah, my, my career has taken me uh, to live and work in France, mm -hmm. live and work in Mexico. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I've tried. Were those like, like, I guess school related or they were they were but i i kind of extended both stays to mm -hmm. to work further okay and stay longer um but yeah growing up in chicago uh i grew up in inner city chicago and you know yeah i know I, how that i yeah i'm not too far I'm from, I'm from grand rapids so i know i've been in chicago plenty of times yeah and humble park uh back in the 80s and 90s was Definitely an interesting place, <laughs> uh, birthplace of a lot of your favorite street gangs. Yep. And yeah. um, it was it was a very uh, diverse community, uh, a lot of Eastern European uh, migrants, um, obviously Mexican, Puerto Rican, very large Puerto Rican mm -hmm. uh, contingency. So growing up, I had um, the opportunity to eat a lot of different foods. Right. You know, one of my favorite things my, mo my mother would make was uh, stuffed cabbage that she learned from Ooh. one of her Polish coworkers. And, you know, my, my grandmother's favorite restaurant was a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown <laughs> that was just authentic and uh -huh. amazing, you know? So I had a very, uh, looking back, I had a very diverse, uh, upbringing in, in food, you know? So, and of course my mother cooked at home all the time. Oh like, yeah. I could tell you that other than special occasions where we take our grandmother to Chinatown yeah. for her birthday. Come on, grandma. Wanted, yeah. Off to Chinatown. That's, that's Hope you've been you working on your Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> um, we really didn't go out like, you know, McDonald's was only if you got good grades. So I never went to yeah. McDonald's. <laughs> My sister went to McDonald's. Happy uh, all the time, right? We got McDonald's at home. <laughs> so, man. Oh, so, another D? Uh, you ain't getting yeah, you, D's a day. <laughs> no, no, it was it was definitely, you know, a special occasion place. And, you know, I certainly don't regret that. Uh, Which is so funny, though, because now it's like McDonald's is like the last resort. Like, yes. you, you know what I mean? Like it went from like, you know, almighty McDonald's to like, oh, I guess yeah. we'll get McDonald's. Little did they know, <laughs> my parents, little did they know they set me up for failure because now I treat McDonald's as, oh, I did good today. Let me have some McDonald's. <laughs> Let me reward myself. Right. Kind, of, so kind of went backwards there a little yeah. bit. Oh man, that's that's great. Um, so, go ahead. So you were saying that basically food, this being a chef yeah. wasn't your first calling no. by oh, no, no means. No, uh, you did some time in the military, you know, and veteran and veteran thing for your service. Um, but uh, that being said, how do you kind of did you kind of fall into it, or did um, you so you know growing up around it, uh, you know my hands were in food from a very young age, and that mm -hmm. was you know I, I wrote an essay uh, to get a scholarship uh, when I started culinary school and. Um, the essay spoke about when I went to my grandmother's house and I sat down at her table, uh, it was rude to get up and get yourself something. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, for her, it was offensive almost. And the overwhelming feeling that I would get when I would go to my grandmother's house was nothing's missing. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to convey that feeling in my career. And I think that was the sole purpose I wanted to really continue it or, or start a career in the culinary arts. Mm -hmm. But really, it's just been a continuation of having my hands in food, being around food. Um, you know, it was a, an important part of my family. Sundays after church, we'd always go to a different restaurant or, or go to one of our favorite, go to a restaurant right. that, um, you know, my parents, 
it was very, very diverse. We could go get sushi or, or, or empanadas or gorditas or Puerto Rican food or yeah, was, nothing, nothing's off the table. Yeah, nothing's off the table. And, and you know, so it was a, an easy kind of transition into uh, continuing, you know, that education and, and, and that work. Um, needless to say, I got the scholarship. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, it, it's funny you bring up, um, you know, coming from uh, a, a diverse environment. And, you know, I had a similar in my high school. It was very diverse, but... It's 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 amazing how you know when you try all these different cultural foods and you know and, and visiting these places whether it's Chinatown whether it's you know an Eastern European restaurant whether it's Italian whether it's uh, Moroccan I don't know that just came to mind Moroccan for some reason it's good food um, do, how does that do you think that makes you a more creative and versatile chef today because you've you've had so many different things versus someone who say for instance uh, maybe grew up in Italy and all they know is Italian type dishes. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, um, my career influences and my background influences my mm -hmm. food today, uh, despite it being, you know, a Japanese centric, uh, izakaya style restaurant, mm -hmm. uh, izakaya is basically a, a, a Japanese pub, if you will. Okay. It usually has a menu that's very diverse. Okay. Right? They have sushi, they have ramen, they have uh, a lot of shareable plates because it's very communal. Is there anyone around town? That another, uh, other Ezekiah? Yeah, I know yes, that. there's a few. Okay. Uh, Ezekiah Tori is one I know of. Uh, there's a few other ramen shops that have kind of Ezekiah-esque uh, okay. menus. But, you know, I think we're the ones that bring a large-scale, diverse mm -hmm. uh, menu, you know, to the table. And, you know, there's there's small influences in everything from the sushi to the ramen to, you know, the the, the shareable plates and, and some of the entrees. Um Knowing that these ingredients exist, knowing how to use them, uh, you know, I was in Louisiana for a short time early in my career and having the experience wielding spices really came into play, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I wasn't scared of making things hot, yeah. but, but flavorful. Yeah. Well, there's, yeah. there's a there's there's a. A science to that, you know, right, you right. can't overspice something and you have to appreciate it. <laughs> Sending people to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, you heard so, of the one chip challenge? Yeah, that was me. Carolina Reaper. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> A couple Carolines. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I found some success there. And then obviously bringing all these influences from Spanish cooking. Um, it, there was one really interesting thing I found. Mm -hmm. In northern Mexico, uh, we eat something called personally. What is that? It's, um, it's a green... Okay. And I had never seen it in any American dishes until I went to Louisiana. And the person that showed it to me said, oh, yeah, yeah we stew it up just like greens. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, are you kidding? I've never seen this outside of like, <laughs> Mexico. So there was like these common bonds, you know, that uh, I found very interesting. And you can certainly take a deep dive into food anywhere you go. And it ties into culture hand in hand everywhere yeah. you go. Is there, do you have a favorite, like, like, for excuse me, certain culture, cultural food that you just like, oh man, that's above everything else. Oh man, uh, that's hard. Like, all right, if you're on death row and you don't let your chair and you yeah. get one last meal, what is it? Uh, the longest one I can find. Yeah. <laughs> let me the all you can eat the buffet. 1,000 course <laughs> meal, please. Uh, the, the age 70 year old, 70 year old fish. Uh, that one, that's the yeah, one that I want. I'm still eating. I'm still uh, eating. You can tell I've had that question asked many times, huh? Um, no, you know, I think comfort food for me is Mexican, right? Right. Uh, I could cook it with my eyes closed and, you know, I can't wait to do it again at some mm -hmm. point in my career. But, you know, 
anything my mother made growing up certainly sticks out. Uh, anytime I go visit her, it's certainly, you know, she, I give her a short list. Of, hey, can we have this, this, and this, please? <laughs> please? Uh, I got the chef as a son, but you, but she still does oh, cooking. Uh, uh, she's taught me more lessons than I, than I care to admit. I mean, there's one thing I did teach her. It's how to make pasta. Mm. And, you know, when I had a, my restaurant in, uh, up north. You taught her or she let you teach her? Oh, yeah, she, she, you know, yeah, just to make you feel yeah, good. Yeah. Like, oh, I've never made no, it before. Show no, me, please. She had, she had never made pasta before because pasta is not one of the things mm-hmm. that, you know, you grew up or you grew up doing um, in Mexico. Um, so I taught her. And, and in a very short time span, she made it better than I <laughs> So you got to be careful. That might be a competition. So like Shepard is, is going up against a special guest, his yeah. mother. His mama. <laughs> Never lost. Undefeated. Never lost. That is uh, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, when I had a, uh, just really quick, when I had my restaurant, uh, she would come in for a couple hours a day and do prep. And that's how she, you know, made, she made all the pasta and all the soups. Okay. Great soups. Great pasta. I believe it. I believe it. So kind of going back to what Rock said about, you know, and you, how about your different locations influence your cooking? Like in, when I lived in Louisiana for a while, Boudin, which you can't find anywhere, anywhere outside of Louisiana, is phenomenal. Oh, it's so great. Was that something you think? What you is could it? Do? What is it? Boudin. Boudin. Yeah. Boudin. Okay, okay. It's it's a it's sausage essentially, but it's a loose sausage, and it's usually comprised of anything from fish, mm-hmm. uh, ground fish, mm-hmm. rice, uh, spices. You get hot boudin, cold boudin. There's pork boudin. There's that's, any mix this is like a whole nother language to me. Yeah. Right. If if I when I cook, if, if it has more than three directions, it's too much for me. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't so, cook it. That's why I buy it. And then I try to find a restaurant here that make it. And actually there's a restaurant here that does make it, but it it's not it's, it's, not, it's, the it's not the same. You want to hear a funny story about boudin? Uh like you, I came to Louisiana and I found that, you know, uh, exceptional uh, dish. No. Uh so I had a purveyor in Louisiana. Um, that we bought a lot of our meats from. And he's like, you know, one day I want to take you fishing. I said, perfect. Love to go fish. And before we set off, we stopped in this, and we're in rural southern Louisiana, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. We're looking for this uh, uh, boat. You boys launch. lost? GPS is on. We're looking for this boat launch, but we stop into this gas station, and he said, get ready to have something you've never had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm good. I'm sorry. That's all I need you here. Like, yo, hit the gas. I'm in Louisiana too. And it's at work. Yeah, we're out of here. <laughs> so uh, he comes out with two bags and they have boudin. And mm. I think to myself, oh, I know boudin's a sausage, but out of a gas station? That, I'm telling you. <laughs> and though. they made it there and it was the best boudin I've ever oh, had in my man. life. I wish I knew where that gas I'm station curious. was. I'm curious. There is, there is, I think, because leaving, leaving Louisiana on I 10, there is a gas station out, out there. And the same thing. I'll, we stopped in and I'd had it before in other places in Louisiana, but really, even though I'm like, okay, I want some boudin for a leave because I was, it's going to be a while before we got back. It was at a gas station. I, I couldn't, I mean, this little ring ding gas station, but wow. When I when, when it came out with a boudin, I was like, oh, oh, this melted in your mouth type yeah. of type of good. It was yeah. listen, oh. well, listen, I'm gonna take you guys' word for it. And you know, it's probably delicious, but y'all not gonna catch me in Louisiana at gas stations picketing boudin <laughs> signs. We're the big up boudin, damn it. Sometimes you don't know what you miss. But I say that to, to go so like Louisiana, that's one of those those staples you can find there that all Louisianas know. But we, and they when you they found you're not from there, like oh, we got something for you to try. Yeah, yeah. you know that's your thing. So you also lived and worked in France and other places. Do they have staples like that there that you? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. What are some of those staples? Uh, 
So in southern France, uh, Misoa cuisine. Misoa? Yeah. It's very um, focused on the vegetables that are available in southern France. Okay. Um, you know, and, and they pride themselves in obviously having a lot of fish in their, in their uh, cuisine, but they use every part of the, the lamb or, oh. or the goat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had more than a few dishes with heart in it oh. that, you know, it's an awful meat. So mm-hmm. it has an irony taste, but when it's prepared right, oh my God, it's delicious. Yeah. You know, so it outside of that, I mean, it, you know, there's not a lot of cuisines that... <laughs> will take the heart or the kidney and yeah. make it a vocal part of the plate. Uh, yeah, that's something that I, I came down there to learn. And foie gras, of, of course, it's foie gras country yeah. down there. It's They cultivate a lot of goose and overfeed them and make their yeah, that's, nice that's, and rich. Oh, man. I would eat a heart, but don't tell me it's a heart until after I eat it. That's how I eat. I'm like, oh, what is that? It was delicious. Oh, that was pig heart. Like, oh, where's the bathroom? <laughs> you know? No, you know what the funny thing is? One of my favorite dishes growing up was... Uh, Bosole and menudo. Bosole and menudo. Uh, yeah. Menudo in particular is tripe, uh, cow tripe, the stomach. And oh, it's man. stewed out and it's, you know, this gelatinous, rich goodness in a deep broth with hominy and other vegetables typically. But man, you put a big bowl in front of me, I'm happy. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's I, probably my last meal. I, the, the tripe? Yeah. The cow tripe? All right. <laughs> uh, jailer, um, this is a chitlin town. This may sound confusing, but this is my noodle. I never... need you to get a stomach from a cow. <laughs> Boil it. <laughs> um, so, Chef, uh, I, I want to get into um, uh, some of the questions for the, the showdown, but sure. before that, I had one more. So, I've been preaching about this since we met. Obviously, with the haiku. So, is this all... Like everything on the menu is from you, or is it just a mix of of other chefs as well? No, I've I've written every menu that we've had. So I'm glad you said that because you know what I'm gonna say. That pork oh. <laughs> belly, what I don't know what it is, the skewer thing. I, I forgot the name of it, but that I told you this before we got went on. That is the best thing I have ever tasted. I'm not lying. I'm not just being one of those guys. Oh, it's the best thing ever. No, literally, I was sitting down. This was. We were doing a uh, kind of like a Christmas party for our uh, real estate group. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll order the pork skewers or whatever. Oh, really tour, yeah. And I took a bite and I thought like I had ate some candy or something. I was like, wow, like what? I'm, I'm crying now a little bit. Like I'm tearing up a little bit just thinking about it. That's how that was the greatest thing I've ever tasted. You don't have to tell me the secret how to make it. But I'm, if if you bring in that type of Marty, I'm sorry. I love you. But oh shit, man! If he brings anything reasonably close to that to the are chef, you turning show, on, are you turning on Marty? Already? I'm not turning you're on Marty, turning, but my stomach. Yeah, listen, but, you know what they say: go with your gut. Yeah. I'm going with my gut. Uh, you're, you're turning, Marty, you, hear, you heard it here first. He turned on you. Yeah, you, you, you know what? The, the funny thing is, as simple <laughs> as it might seem on the plate, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's pork belly that's been braised and pressed. Okay. Right, and uh, when you order it, mm-hmm. we put it on a wood fired grill. So it imparts a little more flavor. And then we brush it with this glaze before it goes out, top it with a little daikon that's been pickled. Mm. It's it's so simple, but so good. Decadent. Yeah. It is so yeah. good. It, it is was... an elaborate process, you know? Yeah. But it's a single ingredient that just shines, you know. We just uh treat it nice. Yeah, I've never I've never like teared up like that over like happiness. Oh, I guess. <laughs> so, I guess. That, that was weird. So outside Sirox, you know, weeping over over the pork belly. <laughs> what is what is what is uh what is, do you consider your main 
this is the one I, I create when I want to make something special for someone who's coming to the restaurant. Oh, well, um, you know, I, it's, it's knowing who you're feeding, right? You yeah. know, mm -hmm. it, but if it's, if I don't know anything about this person, I want to take them through as a diverse tasting as possible. Right. And one of the focal points of this menu is the Wagyu. So I came up with this dish because uh, we had started with American Wagyu. Mm -hmm. we, we then went into Australian Wagyu at one point <clears> in the menu, and then we started bringing in true Japanese Wagyu. Um, so now we're featuring a Wagyu versus Wagyu where you can see the difference from American Wagyu and Japanese Wagyu. So oh. I think given the opportunity, who doesn't like beef unless they're vegetarian, uh, that's what's going to be on the menu. And mm -hmm. the interesting thing about Wagyu is in the United States, it's about 50-50 Angus, uh, which is the American breed right. cow, uh, and Wagyu, which is the Japanese uh, cow. And Wagyu really just means cow in Japanese. So yeah. when we say I did Wagyu, not know that. I don't know. I was Wagyu. literally like nodding my head like, right, of yeah. course. But I'm like, I'm like okay, okay, so Angus is American Wagyu is Japanese. Yeah, they, they market it to Angus. Oh, the aged Angus. Yes, Angus. So Wagyu the top 10% uh, of Angus cow is black Angus. You mm -hmm. know, and, and that's when yes. you, whenever you see that, it's, it's the exceptional <laughs> tier of, of American cow. Uh, Australian is about 25% Angus because mm -hmm. uh, they use a lot of Angus cow, or mostly Angus cow in Australia for their beef. So the, cow is, well known for their the beef. cow is actually the Angus cow. Yeah, it's okay. an American Angus cow. It's bred to produce beef. Oh, that's terrible uh, life, isn't it? <laughs> you're only here to eat for us to eat you. Hey. You're delicious. Hey, you got you to spy somehow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it, yeah. So... Um, we, we uh, the, the Japanese cut mm -hmm. uh, is highly marbled, which is basically the fat content within the, the beef. Mm -hmm. uh, beef is graded between one and five. A1, when you hear A5, that's the top quality beef. Okay. Now, the second thing to know about uh, when you're having Wagyu is the, the marbling score. Mm -hmm. And it goes from one to 12, okay. 12 being the most marbled. And, you know, some Japanese beef comes over and it looks white. You know, because it's so marbled. Wow. Uh, Japanese cows typically take three times to come to maturity level to okay. be harvested, whereas Angus cows take about a year, a year and a half. Oh, yeah. and that's something that you probably wouldn't see, you know, on a menu as far as like description. They probably just no, say Angus beef or. No, yeah. You know, we played with, with um, a few different ways to kind of help educate our customer, but the reality is it, our service. Um, their staff, it's something we go through a lot. So mm -hmm. if, if they, if the customer is interested in learning more or what makes it different, uh, they certainly have okay. information they need to, to give to the customer. Otherwise I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give you a whole story, a breakdown because there's so many other. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> you're not going to Ransom trying to educate you. Right. Every, 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 I mean, you might tell me something about that. I've changed my whole mind about food. But, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Wait, do I want to eat this now? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, something special that's on the menu, uh, an opportunity to see side by side what the difference is. That is pretty cool. Yeah. And some people love the American one more. I mean, uh, you I know, mean, it's what people are used to. I mean, but now that I know there's something better out there, it's just like, mm, like that could be like one of those points that, you know, you're at a dinner with some strangers like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is the, yeah, the American Angus. But you guys ever tried uh, yeah. Japanese Angus? Like, mm, do tell, do tell. That's, that's when you be that, that one smart guy at the table. No, you're not smart than anybody else at the table. Oh, yeah, they're like, the, the they camera like, like, like ripples out. I'm like, hmm, you go have a little flashback. Um, so I'm going to say, I don't think I've ever had American Wagyu. I, I, I wouldn't know if I've had that. I don't know. Sure. But I, had, I will say this, it all comes out the same. 
color and same <laughs> spot. So, uh, so chef, uh, let's get to the chef showdown. So, um, we asked obviously your competition this, like, how did you guys even get involved in this or find out? Was it like an invitation or was it something you apply for? Like, how did we get to where we are now? So when I got here to Tampa, um, uh, about two and a half, three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first chefs that I met and became friends with was, uh, Sean over at me. I, I, I hear a lot about him. Great guy. Uh, I mean, Me Market's a quintessential restaurant. I, I got to try that. Have you been yeah, there? I haven't been there either. I've heard it's, I've heard it's great, but I haven't yeah. been there myself. They really, I mean, brought brought an, a, a high level of food and service, and the ambiance there certainly is is uh, very, very nice. Uh, so anyway, I became friends with him. We we had this relationship. He would come to Haiku. I would go to Meat Market. And mm-hmm. Got to know his cooks a little bit. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity came, obviously he's, He's at the center of bringing this festival to Tampa from Miami because right. he had a restaurant in Miami that meat market in Miami or somewhere around Miami. Right, right. So um, he had competed himself and then became a judge. And now, you know, he was a catalyst to bring the festival here. Uh, so he hit me up. He's like, hey, uh, I need to find somebody to do a competition for sushi. Are you in? And I said, yeah, we're not really a sushi restaurant, but we have sushi on the menu. <laughs> However, right. I'm in. I'm a, I, you know, I'm a com- Competitive, extremely competitive. Yes. Uh oh, I'm excited nice. now. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not trying to hype something up. Most chefs are. They you have to be. Yeah. You know, you're you're in an art. It it's a trade, but it's an art, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's one of the things that makes it so beautiful is that, you know, there's art in in you know doing all this. It's like now you understand why you pay the prices you do for certain meals. You may not agree with you know whatever portions and like that but you gotta say like someone like literally put this together you know from years of experience and creativity just for you to enjoy you know a couple minutes of of their dish and it's like i said you know given the pork things like most people majority of people can't do that or maybe they can't i don't know but it was it was delicious that 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 particular dish uh involves a lot of history of learning how to cook pork that See, right? Told you that. Hey, yes, practice. Right. It still, it still takes practice. He learned it over time and, and made it and perfected it. Yeah, it takes practice. Yeah, I, I, I love this. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, go ahead. Uh, we talked to Chef Martin. Obviously, he's in. We question him about the chefs he's taking. He's gonna, he's just gonna be himself. He doesn't know if he's gonna take a sous chef or not. But from the competitions I've seen. I don't know if you ever watched any good competitions. Uh, only on, uh, what's that uh, Netflix thing? Chop, is it? Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah. that, yep. They all have a sous chef. Are you going to take a sous chef with you? And if, if so, who? Oh, I'm, uh, so here the- <laughs> Colin. <laughs> we, we have, I have a sous chef, a very talented guy that used to work for P.F. Chang's who can run a walk like nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have a sushi chef uh, oh, who okay. has, you know, had a big part in the success of our sushi program. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth be told, we only have nine or 10 rolls and then a lot of different types of sashimi and nigiri and, um, you know, the periphery of the sushi menu is definitely very evident and strong. Uh, so we don't have your typical everyday, we don't have cream cheese. Mm-hmm. We don't have your, we have a California roll, but it has jumbo lump crab on it with, with salmon roe. Thank like, God. It, I'm just saying. It is <laughs> decadent, right? So the, the man that helped me put this together is going to come with me. And, okay. and he didn't want to. He's he's a little shy and he'd rather just do his routine here. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way. Yeah, you, you, you've got to come. And, and that's, uh, you know, that was a, a different question I had. But, you know, how, how important is it, you know, I mean, one, you obviously, 
you know, you, whether you're the head chef, executive chef, or you're, you're running the place, how important is like the right team at the restaurant that makes it, I mean, I'm sure it makes a huge difference. You know what the funny thing is, if, if, if I'm honest, uh, I'm more proud of my team building skills than I am any menu I've ever written. Mm, yeah. And, you know, haiku to me was an opportunity to put to practice a culture that uh, has taken me a long time to learn. And, and it's a little different than what you're typically used to in a restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, I sit down with everybody that works in the kitchen and find out, you know, what their family names are, you know, how many kids they have, what their goal is for the next three oh, so you don't have years. any kids, so you should be able to work this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say. That's behind the <laughs> question. <laughs> That's behind it. I know you don't have kids. I got so 12 you, kids. Yeah. What do you mean, Junior is sick? You ain't have a Junior yet. You yeah. don't even have anything. <laughs> My grandma died again. <laughs> she died yeah. before you started working here. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> so uh, it's an important aspect of, of what I'm doing here because I need everybody to believe. You know, mm, and, right. And... Uh, finding out what motivates them and help them achieve their goals personally. Like I, I, I had, when we opened here, man, knock on wood, I had five ex executive chefs. It was the end of COVID, well, towards the end of COVID and, and mm -hmm. a lot of restaurants had shut down. Uh -huh. So we had a lot of talent here and, and, you know, not everybody was paid like a chef, right? Yeah. I'm sure there was and some, it, uh... and, and that's the thing. It, I won't be able to pay them what I think they deserve or what they think they deserve. So I have to give them something else. And that that's the culture here. Right. Is we'll give a shit. We yep. give a shit about you. You want Friday off? Cool. We'll pull together. We'll figure you something out. Take Friday off. Do your family thing. You know, oh, your birthday's on Saturday? Fine. Take it off. You know, it, that's unheard of in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Those are the two of the hardest days to take off, period, right. in the restaurant. Yeah. My and, first and response service. to it's my birthday on any given day that we're working is like, dude, what are you, 12? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, I, 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 man, but, I am not that birthday. I I don't hate it. It's just like, yo, it's your birthday next year. Like, uh, yeah. when you're over 21, you still celebrating <laughs> that. The only the only thing I remember that's I, my birthday is because I get that notice, like, time to renew your car registration. I'm like, oh, it must be my birthday coming see, up. because <laughs> you haven't been there anything. See, me, I enjoy my birthday. Uh, up until yeah. that point, I was like, hey, birthday, whatever. But once I hit that certain it's event, not a, it's, it's not a, a celebration. It's yeah. gonna happen regardless. Right. It's still a celebration. Every <laughs> like year on earth is a celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. Uh, you know, but I usually end up giving them the day off, right? Right. At, at least I try. But when I go to a table side, if somebody's celebrating their anniversary, I always make it a point to say, you know what? You don't have to do anything to get to your birthday. So Nothing special, but yeah. an anniversary. Two of you have to get together and decide you want to be together for exactly, another year. Exactly. So Do congratulations. Can you say that to the camera and let my girl know <laughs> this exact? This man has been working hard, <laughs> very hard. <laughs> no, I ain't. No, uh, no, ain't. So, so chef, you know, before we got on here, I, you know, I, I do some research, obviously, and. You know, when the the chef showdown, you know, I know they have the sushi, they have, I think, seafoods uh, category, yeah. truffle, pasta, burger, mm -hmm. and I chicken. think, and fried chicken, yeah, yeah. And, and one more. So, you know, um, I asked Martin this, I say, I, like, listen, I know you're in the sushi one. However, is there any other category that you feel like you would do well in, a, you know, excuse me, any other category you would do well in besides sushi? I, I would, I'm all of them. Completely all of them, yeah. That's if Sean would have said, you want to compete in battle chicken? I'm like, hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but yes. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the two guys that they got to do that battle are really fucking good at what they well, do. Who's, who's doing that? Can you look that up real quick, Sean? Who's doing that battle? I can't remember the other one, but I know King of the Coop. But both of them have right. really, really high, highly touted restaurants for chicken. So they're, so, uh, they're, it's the same judges for every category? Yeah. Okay. So picture yourself as you would judge. What, I mean, what, do you, what would you look for in a dish? 
not only in you know the five, but specifically yeah. sushi. Like, what would you look? What would convince you for the win? Uh, the composure of the dish obviously has to be excellent, um, outstanding, outside of the box. I'd look for, um, you know, doing something that's not a typical sushi right. roll. Right. Like you know. surprise me. Right. Right. Yeah. I want to be surprised. I want the presentation to be, uh, again, out of the box. Mm -hmm. And I want the the presentation of the food to be out of the box. Uh, in other words, the show, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, it's a competition. And you have to not only is the food have to be good, but the show putting it together has right. to be in my my mind. Right? right. And it's it's a live thing. So Yeah, I'm I'm be, like it's, and this is the first time they've done it here. Right. So it's like you don't know if it's gonna be maybe twenty people or right. a thousand people with the cameras. Like you just oh, like, I'm oh, counting shoot. a thousand I think they said it was two thousand people. Oh my nice. gosh. Right? Nice. So I'm counting on making it memorable, mm -hmm. both not only on the plate, but you know, as a show. So um, we're going to, there's no standard yet. Right. We'll set a standard. Yeah. This, this is the first time. Yeah. We're gonna I'm, I'm excited, so, man. What are, what are you looking at since this is obviously the inaugural one, mm -hmm. but you already have a history, established history of being a successful chef. What are you looking to get out from this besides just extra networking? Or is that yeah, networking for, for sure was uh, fun the night that we kind of had that press event where you know we got to meet everybody that was a lot of fun and I yeah. I met people that I'd been wanting to meet you mm -hmm. know, from restaurants around the around the city um, I'm certainly looking forward to introducing haiku to people that don't know we're here yet yeah or that haven't been uh, you know it's an opportunity for us um, to do a lot of advertising and and hopefully pull out a win so um you know, after it's all said and done, I, 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 first of all, I don't even know if you win anything as far as like bragging a trophy. Rights. I think you get bragging I think rights. rights. I asked Marty the same question. Say if whoever wins and they give you a plaque, you're going to have like a plaque, like post it right at the front door. So Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's insane. You're right on that wine case, right? Be, uh, you know, I, I, think I'm a, I'm, I think I'm not trying to play favorites, Sean. You are. But I'm leaning you this are. way, and you might have to lean the left way. I'm just kidding. Marty's a good friend of mine, oh, yeah. so I just love giving him I, a hard time. I met him the that uh, night we did the press event, and what a great guy. I yeah. mean, total likable character. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time. You know, yeah, it's almost too long. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. It's too long because sometimes look, if, if he wins, his hands he are just like this. He's just like, just, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, so, Chef, uh, we discussed, you know, um, uh, before we came on and over the weekend. So you were working on another project, right? With the, if you, if you want to talk about it, it's up to you with the, um, yeah. the taste of yeah. Tampa Bay. Can you explain that for us? So tasty Tampa is a, uh, YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously we're on all social media networks, but we're putting together a collection of videos. Uh, I'm one of the hosts. Mm -hmm. They have a few hosts that are doing, are working on different projects. Uh, one project that I'm working on is called best bites of the Bay. Okay. And, you know, we decide on a um, common denominator among three restaurants, uh, a, a, a playing field. Uh, in the last episode that we did, the playing field was mushrooms and pasta. Oh. Two of my favorite things, right? Um, and how well they go together. Right. You know, there's not there's not an Italian restaurant that doesn't have mushrooms <laughs> yeah. and pasta together. So uh, we found three restaurants in Hyde Park and, you know, we went to each of them and, mm -hmm. and find the bites that are worth going out of the way for mm, uh, mm -hmm. specific menu items, you know, that, that, um, and then we decide what the best bite of the day was. Right. right? It's a fun way of, of chronic, you know, kind of, uh, 
making a video magazine of where to eat, what to eat in Tampa mm-hmm. uh, for anybody visiting or that lives here, that loves food, that really hasn't gone out yet. Right. Um, so the other project that I haven't started yet, but I'm, I'm, we're still formulating, is this show where um, I basically take chefs out and get them out of their comfort zone. And we talk about... Make them a server. The best. Oh, no, no. That, that'd be fun. <laughs> the best. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> I want to I talk about the best night of service you had. I want to talk about the worst night of service you had. I want to talk about the best meal you've ever made, the best meal you've ever eaten. I want to talk about things that a lot of people would probably wonder about. Right. And, and really kind of get this candid view into the life of being a chef and, and what it involves. It, the idea was spun... Uh, I enjoy the show on Netflix called Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Yep. It yep. gives you this inside look into a comedian's mind by taking them out and getting coffee. Right. Now, we're going to take that same approach, but it's going to be a lot more swearing, a lot, <laughs> yeah. a little more, a little darker. <laughs> what? Chefs cuss? Come on. No, it's nothing but politeness no. in the kitchen. All that you know, racket you hear, that's just, that's just filtered sound we put in. <laughs> so every chef I pitch this to has had the same reaction when I say, I want to talk about the worst night of service you've ever had. Every chef has done this. Well, oh, boy. I, remember the, like, like I a, have a story <laughs> for you. I'm like, I'm, we all do. I'm sure you do. I can't wait to hear it. So. That is that is great, man. Because, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not saying all restaurants, but, you know, you, a lot of times coming from the uh, customer standpoint, you only see the finished product, right? Yeah. You only see what's on the plate and you don't really, you know, know the story behind what's going on back in the kitchen. I yeah. mean, you may hear some noises, but server comes out and gives you your food. Also, you know, I love that when you were bringing up like the Hyde Park restaurants and you choose like what is good on the menu because, you know, Hyde Park is not, a, I mean, just South Tampa in general is not a cheap area to go wine and dine, right? Sure. So you're kind of limited, right? Whatever you choose, you can't, you can't pick everything on the menu. And that's one of my biggest, you know, issues that I run into, right? It's like, even though it's quote unquote, a great restaurant, it's like, okay, do, do I choose this? Do I choose that? Like, cause yeah. I can't get everything. Right. And you know, I'm sure there's a couple of restaurants I've been to where I got the wrong thing mm-hmm. and, and already had that mindset of, well, I'm not coming back here. You know, yeah, the episode before this last one was, uh, oysters. And so okay. we went to uh pont, which is a new restaurant. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, where's nah, that nah, location? Hey, this one I'm interested in because I love yeah. oysters. So I'm, so, I'm interested here. Okay, part. and 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 what I wanted to establish was there's there's usually no bigger crave than an acquired taste, and oysters are an acquired taste. Yeah. yeah. But when you crave oysters, you're gonna get oysters because <laughs> it's an acquired taste, and and you know not everybody serves them. Right. right. So we took three restaurants that had prepared oysters on the menu, and I got to tell you, at the end of the episode, I'm like, I don't know, fucking one. <laughs> I really don't. They're all so good for different reasons. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's how it comes you know, out. And, and, and the producer, producer's like, you got to choose one. Well, I can't, man. They're right. all so good. Yeah. And like, let's make this episode just different. No, you got to stick to the format. I'm like, yeah. All right, fine. I know, because if you choose one, it, it almost makes the other seem like they're yeah, unworthy. No, they could all win. <laughs> the fact of the matter was, but, you know, the, the restaurant that did win, I mean, presentation really is what took the cake. I mean, oh, man. Pond, if you haven't been, is 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 an amazing restaurant. Yeah, there's, there's, I've only been there for a few years. There's, there's quite a few restaurants on the list I haven't been to yet. Like Prime, I haven't been to Prime yet. So well, I was so always I, I was always curious about like the whole in the wall type restaurants, not the fancy big names that you know you can 
Google. I want something that's like. Wait, wait. I want wait, grandma wait. walking out with like Hold just on. rag Hold clothes on. on, but the best meal you ever had. Hold on. Did you not just a few minutes ago say, "Oh, you're not going to go to a gas station and get some boudin"? <laughs> right. Well, that's in Louisiana. That is okay, first of all, there's there's <laughs> other. You. Listen, there is other reasons why I wouldn't yeah. just be in Louisiana Where looking for. Where do you think for? the whole <laughs> restaurants came from? They came from listen, the gas station. Listen, just picture this seat of me in Louisiana, looking like a tourist. Hey, I'm looking for uh, what's it called again? Boudin. I'm looking for. <laughs> you got any booty? <laughs> you say booty? What do you say? He's gonna go in there like it's a drug deal, <laughs> right? right, right. <laughs> oh man! Listen, if it isn't in a brown greasy bag, it's probably not worth that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh man! So I'm excited, man. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this competition coming up. Um, Friday, you, Curtis Jason, right? Friday, Curtis. Have you started working, on, working on the menu that you're gonna take? Yes, um, uh, Manny. My sushi chef and I have put together a few different versions. We just can't agree, agree. on which one. So tomorrow is going to be, you know, we got to decide because uh, we know what the dish is going to look like at the end. Yeah. It's just we haven't finalized the makeup. Right. Do you guys need like taste testers at all before? Because probably, you know, I'll volunteer. Hey. It's like, mm, look, you know me. I'll be like, oh my god! If you see a tear, it's a winner. <laughs> all right. So we're going to get what to Florida. Uh, chef Reyes has played has watched the, the show before so i'm gonna run through this pretty quick i'm gonna read three different florida stories he's gonna there he's gonna play against my co-host here um they gotta decide if it happened in north florida middle florida or south florida we know what the cutoff is but for Ciroc's yeah. sake the cutoff is at i4 and below everything else above that is considered central florida and then everything above ocala is considered north florida is ocala or ocala i've heard it both ways yeah i, I don't know gainesville so i can't pronounce that stuff ocala ocala or whatever that's how it goes. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Right, let's get it on. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So I, we're, we're both not from here. All right. So yeah. this should be an even game. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're from here. I'm not from here. But I, <laughs> oh, wait. That's right. I've got the cheat sheet. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking at a screen either. Even that's though I can see I gotta, it out of my peripherals. That's why I got to turn it out. Yeah. Because your peripherals are you know, not, peripherals. not great. But, you know. You might well, try I, I used to wear glasses when I was a kid. And I got LASIK done a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was going to say, you wore glasses as an adult, too. Well, well when, you, when you have natural really bad vision you tend to see things like as a whole because my vision was so bad i would just see everything all at once but then when i got lasik or had contacts like i'm really aware of like what's next to me it's, it's a weird thing yeah. okay. well i mean I, I have perfect vision so i can't say nothing well hey well close to that <laughs> don't let your guard don't let your guard down though <laughs> warning all right so let's get into the first what the florida story all right florida man Successfully steals a $539.99 electric scooter from Target, but is arrested after staying in front of Target to assemble his stolen scooter. <laughs> yes, I Here is the story. Authorities released body camera footage Thursday of a man that was attempting to steal an electric scooter from a Target store on Monday afternoon. According to the sheriff's office, deputies responded to a shoplifting call at the Target store. Deputies said, tar said Target employees observed a white male grabbing a Razor brand electric scooter valued at $539.99. Oh, a scooter scooter. A scooter scooter. I'm thinking yes. like of a those sit down. Yeah, yeah <laughs> scooter scooter. It's electric, but it's a scooter scooter. And passing all points of sale without paying before exiting the store. Upon arrival, deputies located a man matching the suspect description and assembling the electric scooter in front of the store on the sidewalk. Like, come on, really? Really? You Maybe that was walk like, like 20 feet? That could have been his getaway scooter. <laughs> right. It's like, yeah, put this together real quick. Get out of here. Authorities <laughs> said the man later identified as Patrick Vandermeer Miller, 
don't ask me to repeat that middle, that second middle name, because uh, not doing it. Was placed under arrest for petty theft. Investigators said after conducting a search of veteran vendor Maiden Miller, they found a drug paraphernalia in his pocket. He was transported to the sheriff inmate detention facility and is facing charges of petty theft and possession of drug paraphernalia. I thought he was gonna say Grand Theft Auto. I was like, yeah. well, I don't think that's really Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> According to the, the sheriff of, of the county, this dumb criminal of the week must have, must have thought he was in another state or city where it's okay to walk into a store and steal what you want and not face any consequences, the county sheriff Rick Staley said in a news release. He didn't get to ride his razor, but he did get a free ride to the green roof end in the backseat of a patrol car. I, I can admit, I, I've stolen some before in my life. I was, this is in high school where TJ Maxx was like the hot spot to get a nice little, this is when like, Guys wearing like the polo, little small polo shirts, and you, I, I you hope there's a statute of limitations on, on this. There, there is. No, no, there is. I mean, I pay, I, I, car, I paid for it some way, somehow in the future. Trust me, I know. I don't even have that shirt anymore. Anyways, everybody, listen. It's no, it's not one person in the world. Well, maybe it's a couple that have never ever stolen something. No, you still even whether even it's a piece could, of candy, whether it's a car. Even if you go into the, let's say you go into someone's home that you're allowed oh, see, to be that you're allowed to that you're allowed to be allowed to be in their home and you go in the refrigerator I ask and take something. That's still it. I've never did that. <laughs> but I'm saying that's I'm talking about a store. You talking I'm about I'm just saying <laughs> and I'm making like, it simple. I'm trying to give you a way out, but I'm trying to give you a way all out. Right. <laughs> I took from TJ Maxx. He talked about stealing people's groceries inside the refrigerator at the house they invited you to. Yeah, exactly. Hey, people get hungry. Maybe you. <laughs> Florida woman, 66 years old, drives her Rolls Royce into a into someone's yard, knocking down their three million dollar statue before crashing her car with with the rear of the car resting on a five foot wall. Wow, who who drives their own Rolls Royce? Uh, I feel like you have to have a driver, right? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like... Rolls-Royce is one of those, like, this is my chauffeur, right, this and you is, get it back. You're either throwing us for a loop. Yeah. Because Rolls-Royces, come on. They're yeah. 66, too? Anywhere. 66, yeah. Unless she was a chauffeur. Here's the story. Friday night, a 66-year-old woman drove her Rolls-Royce through a backyard and through a wall before stopping on the, be- on the beach, according to the police. A statement from the homeowner the says beach. that along hmm. says that along the way she broke a statue that was worth about three million dollars. Police added that fire rescue took the driver out of the car and checked his or her health. The motorist lived in the town. Officer stated that the woman said she had no idea what happened in the hours before the crash. Police claim <laughs> it didn't look like the woman was drunk. <laughs> the medical and also according to the medical center where she was brought. Friday around 6 p.m., the car drove into the property from the driveway, from another driveway. This was caught on video, and there's pictures too. She then went east and hit the curb on the north side of the driveway. I did not write this article. I'm only reading the article. <laughs> the car <laughs> yeah, didn't they stop. know exactly what happened very yeah. well. <laughs> the car then stopped, turned around, and went east again where it hit the sculpture. The report added. Police say the motorist then hit a garden fence, a wall, and finally... The, and finally the ocean as ultimate resting place. The report says the car was hanging from the wall that was five feet high 
with the front of the car touching the beach and the back sitting on top of the wall. So this wow. is a situation where, like, there's a brick on, like, like she fell asleep and just had her foot on the wheel and just went backwards and just hit everything behind her <laughs> until it finally stops. This is a bad day. That's all I can say. That's a bad day. I don't know, man. You got a Rolls Royce. I feel like you don't have a lot of bad days. No, no but that, that's definitely one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just hit $3 million worth of statue, so no matter what, you got your $3 million bucks is coming out of your pocket. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. That's the bad day. And last Florida story. Truck driver, who's Florida man truck driver, who stole $168,000 worth of Red Bull, please say. Yeah. Man, it was, he, he, wings. He, he, yeah. he took that literally. He, he got his wings. <laughs> Police arrested a truck driver Monday after they accused him of stealing more than $168,000 worth of Red Bull or three separate threat thefts. According to the police report, Alan Moreno, 46, was supposed to take the pallets of any drinks from the warehouse to a Red Bull distribution center. Ah. But the shipments never made it across the state. Mm. Huh. So he worked for them. Police identified three shipments that never made it to the to the distribution center. One ship one shipment worth $58,000, a second shipment worth $52,000. A Red Bull? And a third shipment worth $58,000. I think the 52,000 was probably the sugar-free. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> had to be. Had to be. It was a little lighter. Yeah. According to the rest report, Marino provided Provided with shipment receipts containing signatures from the Red Bulls operations and warehouse managers in in this Florida County. But the operations manager told police that the signature was from previous loads and that he had never signed the documents pertaining to the three shipments in question. Huh. The rest report does not specify where police think the shipments ended up. In his in his garage somewhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you resell Red Bulls. Like, why is it so hot? Like, right. <laughs> they're all no exploding. Consume that much. Yeah. Like, at, holy all, moly. at all. Marino was charged with three counts of grand theft. Mm. All right. Those are right. your 40 stories. Are so, you ready? Since you are the guest here, I'll let you go first. So basically, you either say North Florida, Central, which is kind of where we're at, or South. Oh, I'm ready. First story was the, uh, the scooter guy. The scooter guy. Where could this have happened? The, so my thought process there. If it had, had bad, if he had had bath salts in his pocket, <laughs> it would have been clearly a South Florida <laughs> So just regular drug paraphernalia threw me for a loop there. But I'm going to do something I don't think anyone has done yet. Uh-oh. I'm going to say all three are from South Florida. Uh, oh, okay. All he's right. Going, he's going big on it. All right. All, right. all in. All, all in. All in. So you're wrong on the first one. Wait, wait, wait. You can guess. You can guess. There's two other counties. All right. I'm going to say I'm gonna say that was probably like in Clearwater or something. So I'm going to say Central. Okay. You're close. <laughs> happened in Daytona. So am I right or close? Yes. You're, you're right I because it happened above, yeah. above I-4. But oh, you're close. One nothing. One nothing. Second one. You, you still got time to change uh, those nope. guesses. All right. South Florida all the way. Se- all, right. all right. The second one, the woman who Wait, drove. You got to guess. The Rolls Royce? Yeah. The Rolls Royce into the water. I haven't seen many Rolls Royces in my lifetime, except when I valleyed at the Hard Rock. So I'm going to stick with Central again. All right. going to stick with Central. And he's going to he stick with South. South one happened to Palm Beach. Uh-oh. There you this go. This is it. One one. one. So, I can, so I'm the type, Colin will tell you, I'm the type to where I'm not going to pick South because you picked it. And I don't believe in ties. So I'm going to go with, oh, man, we're stealing Red Bull. dollars worth of Red Bull. Well, you, I feel like you wouldn't steal it from, like, Miami and go North. You'd probably come in from North going South to drop it off in Miami because they like to party, so they need some energy. I'm going North. Going North. Going north, you're going south. South winds. This happened in Miami Day. Oh, okay. see, Miami I was listen. I was thinking. 
Time out. I was thinking Miami, but either way, congrats. I'm 0-2 the past uh, two Fourth of Florida.